Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. Alan, how are you? How the heck are you? I'm really good. This is a Monday. Feeling ready to go. Done shooting, doing some editing on the show. Rob, I know you're far from done shooting. I know you're in the middle of this beast of a network television season. So uh, how's that all going for you? It's going good. I I mean, I I literally shot a a scene on Friday that airs tonight. So... (laughs) Where you know the, the famous Indiana Jones running in front of the boulder? That's us. Yeah, that that I realize that always that just that's just network television, man. How many of you guys doing? Twenty two this year? We're doing eighteen. Eighteen, by the way, is the new twenty two. Eighteen is the new. That's the number of episodes total I want to do for a series. It's three six episode seasons. <laughs> that sounds great. That, sounds over the great. course of seven years. <laughs> I know, but we got it. We got good one. We got a good one today. Where I mean. Today we're doing time capsule. That's right, we're doing time capsule. That's uh, it's it's. A, I remember this episode. I distinctly remember writing this episode and being around for this one. Shall we go through the details here? Yeah, get, let's 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 uh, let's cue it up for the folks at home who may have forgotten time capsule because it's one right. of my favorites. Episode title: Time Capsule, written by Michael Shore, directed Yay! by Michael Shore. Yeah, show creator doing double duty on this one. Original mm-hmm. air date: February third, two thousand eleven. Ironically, the show itself is a time capsule now. It's 11 it years really, ago. It really is. <laughs> and the blurb quickly, a crackpot handcuffs himself to a pipe in Leslie's office and demands that Twilight, Twilight the book, be placed in the Pawnee time capsule. Chris, that me. played by Rob Lowe, tries to help Andy woo April in spite of Anne's reservations. If you didn't think it was a time capsule episode, the Twilight reference <laughs> is all you need to know that this was 11 and years ago. And I would ago. say it goes beyond a reference. It it almost dominates the entire episode. So if you're not familiar with Twilight, uh, we're going to teach you about it a little bit. And by the way, if you were alive during that time and not aware of Twilight, you needed to have your brain checked. <laughs> it was a, it was massive. Just massive. I remember I was, I was working on a show called Brothers and Sisters, and Callista Flockhart would run to the corner after every shot was done to read this book, Twilight. <laughs> And wow. I was like, what, the f- what, what is this book you're reading? And that was the first I ever heard of it. And then, of course, it took over the world. 
Yeah, that's that's an amazing detail and good to know about Callista. <laughs> She's a Twilight freak. <laughs> uh, very quickly, the notes, notes, nopes, notes to start the episode here. In the shooting draft, the episode had a different cold open. It was a standalone little story. This is great. About Chris running memory exercise games with the park staff. At one point, Ben comes into a meeting speeding, speaking with a British accent, hopping on one leg, wearing a scarf and holding a balloon. He leaves, and then Chris quizzes Leslie, Ron, and Tom about it. That, remember, do you remember that? Do you remember shooting this? I, I do remember shooting this. I abs- And like, did it ever make it into another episode, or was it just cut? I don't know if it did. It says here, that Chris's dialogue, this is a test of observation invented by the CIA for their field agents. And then he asked what color Ben's socks were. Well, I really remember it because when we asked um, Tom, he was like, oh, it's a three-button suit. It's an Alfani charcoal pinstripe of 2004 flared lapels, paisley pocket liners, and I wouldn't be caught dead in it. I remember that <laughs> as a great yeah, capper. That was the blow. That was the blow. So uh, we just did kind of a recollect, uh, a recreation of that cold open, and uh, you guys never saw it. So that's kind of interesting for this episode. I think we, again, ran short on time, so that's why that got cut. Second Nope's Notes. When Leslie is listing former town slogans, we get the first mention of Zorp, who we will yes. later learn is Zorp the Surveyor. Um, this was the cult that was in Pawnee, and he was a 28-foot-tall lizard god. Um, a cult called the Reasonableists took over Pawnee in the 70s. That's referred to later. But we never did an episode about that, did we? We, I think they just keep getting mentioned over and over again. <laughs> and so it's just, this is just the beginning. This I would love to work with that big lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we spend uh, millions of dollars on CGI and then cut that also. It was a like cold open. <laughs> Uh, no, th- uh, this is also the first appearance of the character of Orin. He's introduced, oh. but only by name. We see him for the first time, one of April's friends, in episode nine of season three. One of my favorite characters. One, yeah, an amazing character. And of course, this episode was released in the heat of the Twilight movie craze. It came out six months after the release of the Twilight Saga Eclipse and nine months before Twilight Saga Breaking Down. Breaking Dawn. Breaking Down. Breaking, no. breaking Down breaking would be down. really nice. <laughs> breaking Down was uh, what uh, Robert Pattinson and Kirsten Stewart's relationship did after this Twilight Saga finished. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was an international god. Remember, we were all just on tenterhooks. Yeah. Those young kids were going to be able to make it work. It w- w- Wasn't there a thing where, like, didn't Trump weigh in on that? It, wasn't he like, you know what, you should dump her, Robert? <laughs> this is like years before he was president. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah Trump, Trump felt it was worthy of him. Giving dating advice to Robert Pattinson. An endless tweet thread. An but endless tweet I do thread. think that Trump's tweet was very similar to Retta's talking head. Yes, that's true. In this episode. Yeah, he, we're going to get to that. And that's like one of my favorite parts of the episode. But, so uh, funny. Yeah. And, and, and this is a little behind the scenes info. This was the third episode of the year, but it was shot sixth out of the first six episodes of this season. So... These first six episodes were shot actually at the end of season two because Amy Poehler got pregnant. And this is kind of an interesting note. The reason this one was shot last was because the story had a huge amount of props to place in front of Amy to cover her pregnancy. Most notably, the time capsule itself. Is so, that why like, the time capsule is so big? Yeah, it's so it can cover her pregnant belly. Like, I, I, I totally forgot that. The time capsule is huge. <laughs> Watching, I watched the this, this show before we came in today and it is hilarious how much crap is placed in front of Amy to hide the belly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hopefully, if you were watching it after this episode, then then take note of that. But if you've already seen it, then I guess just watch it again and, and take note. But, uh, but it, it's amazing. All right. So synopsis of the first part of this episode. Leslie's organizing a Pawnee time capsule meant to be opened 50 years in the future and filled with items that encapsulate the spirit of the town. A citizen named Kelly Larson 
played by Will Forte, comes to Leslie's office and makes a passionate plea for the Twilight books to be included. When Leslie refuses, saying the books have no connection to Pawnee, Kelly handcuffs himself to a pipe in her office, hoping she'll reconsider. Having brought food, water, and a pillow, Kelly settles in for the long haul. Okay, here's my here's my question. And I hate watching shows with people like I'm about to become. <laughs> so he brings a pillow, <laughs> brings food, brings sleepy time tea, all of these things for the long haul. Where does he go to the bathroom? Never mentioned, never mm, discussed. I think he holds it until the workday's done and then runs to the bathroom and comes back. Or he brought a pot, you know? <laughs> he brought a, maybe he brought some like Shark Tank invention that disposes of your waste. Now I'm going to be a bad network executive. But how's the audience going to know that? Don't you think there should be, somebody should have a dialogue, piece of dialogue explaining it? Oh, Because I just man. think it's going to really bump people. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know why. I want to know why. Like, can you explain? That's that's the that's the best network note, which is like, just give me more information, more information, more information. I forget who's. I think it was Chris McQuarrie who wrote Usual Suspects mm-hmm. and directed all these Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. He 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 sometimes gives writing advice. He's like, information is the death of emotion. So do as Ooh. much as you can to get the information across as quickly, as succinctly, as efficiently as possible. And then do scenes, do some scenes, have some drama, have some conflict, have some jokes if it's a comedy. But man, just people explaining information is death. So we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't talk about where he's going to the bathroom. Uh, we just we just showed up. How, uh, it was really fun to work with Will. I don't know if you, you knew Will before this shoot. I, I certainly knew him socially before this. So it was really fun to have him on the show. I know Mike was friends with him. And, and of course, Amy from SNL. But uh, yeah, what a, what, a, what a fun guest star in this episode. You know, the... Um part of having your story is siloed off because Chris's story is very has no is completely separate to the yep. episodes true B story is that I did not get to work with the great Will Forte and it, it's great for scheduling because you don't have to work every day because you're doing your own story but when guys like Will came in I was like I want to work with Will Forte yeah you're like I'm not in the story with Will like you know that that happens so but it is such an arbitrary thing like I think the audience doesn't necessarily know that, but it's all kind of split up into, you know, and if, if it's Rob, you know, having his own story, we tend to shoot him out in, you know, the two days that he needs to shoot that. And then Will's shooting the other day. So they just never intersect. But I just remember distinctly before this episode, you know, we were talking about MacGruber, which had come out pretty recently. Ugh. And, and, you know, people didn't know this at the time because, you know, it ended up being this minor, not minor classic, 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 I think. Yes. But, you know, we love the movie and we so, you know, I went down to talk to Will. We're like, man, MacGruber's so funny. Like, it just, we, we can't, like, it's an amazing movie. And he was just like, yeah, I wish more people had seen it so we could make more of them. But what he didn't realize is it had legs. And years later, he was able to make a show, uh, a MacGruber show for yep. Peacock, which Parks is also on now. So it all tied together in the end. It's a great, I mean, I, you know, as I go back and I look at all these shows as, and we do this together, Alan, the thing that just always blows me away is, our bench of supporting actors of guest stars. I don't know any other comedy that had this level consistently of just killers. Yeah. That came it's, in. It's, it's massive. It's massive, massive, massive. And, and yeah, I, I, I've been, uh, I've been working on this movie very, or helping with the movie very briefly with, uh, with, with Bill Murray. And I was like, where did I meet him before? It's like, he was on parks. It's like, there's yeah. so many people. It's like, they're just on parks. Like, you yeah. know, it, it just, it, it's outstanding, I, you know, and I don't know, it, it really is, uh, I don't know, it's a testament to the show and testament to the environment that, that, that Mike, and, Mike and Greg created. There's an interesting thing where this 
episode starts with a title card that says Wednesday, and it's like oh, it's not it. really it's not really necessary. No. And then the story behind that is the the episode originally started with a flash forward, like it started with like a bunch of people arguing, like time capsule stuff. You didn't know what was going on, then you flashed back, but. Uh, that was scrapped in editing. So that was the, the the episode was scripted as like you know some movies do this like Hangover or Reservoir Dogs or American Beauty. You start something crazy's happening. They wake up and there's like a tiger and Mike Tyson and whatever, and then you flash back. So that was kind of the intent in the writing of this episode. Uh, and then uh, I guess it was abandoned. <laughs> I guess at some point they're like you know duh, I don't I don't think we need to. do It this. made me laugh. The it's such a like hackneyed dramatic trope to do the smashed to black with like Wednesday on it, which it made me laugh out loud because it's, it's so self-serious. It's (laughs) so good. I I ended up working in like a sort of, yeah, ironic way, which is is, is really. (laughs) Very very Uh, important things we're dealing with. Yes. And then, oh, let's talk about the Donna talking head really quickly because we love the idea that she loved Twilight and it kind of unlocks something about her character moving forward. But uh, she just, you know, she just, I, I mean, I will literally list the talking head. Now, I love any book about vampires, werewolves, monsters, zombies, sorcerers, beasties, or time-traveling romances. And if I had one hour alone with Robert Pattinson, he would forget all about that Skinny Legs McGee. I'll tell you that much. And that, skinny and like, Legs <laughs> McGee. Skinny Legs McGee. And, and like, shout out to Robert Pattinson, too. This was 11 years ago. He's Batman now. He did good. He graduated he from Twilight. And He's she's doing probably, well. And she's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar. I mean, look, that couple, I mean, good for them. And, and you know... He does interesting work. I love Good Time. You ever seen the Safdie Brothers? Good Time. Watch that movie. He's great in it. Um, makes great choices. So yeah, kudos to the, that couple from from Twilight. I like the um, right around that area, this area of the episode where um, I forget who asks Aziz's character, who asks Tom, who knows about heartbreak, <laughs> and Tom says. Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. Yeah, that's an amazing joke. That's an I mean, amazing <laughs> joke. <laughs> I love he knows he knows Babyface's real legal li- name on his driver's license. <laughs> Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. Like without of skipping all of a the beat. people of all of the people. Well, that's classic. Kenneth- I mean, it, it foreshadows uh, his love of genuine, which comes in later too. Just like old school R and B. In the writers' room, there must there's the setup of eh, well, who knows something about heartbreak? And then are there multiple pitches? And you settle on Kenneth Baby's face, Edmonds. I, I would guess there's probably probably people saying uh, Montel Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. Casey and JoJo, like like just listing just yeah. over and right is like you know like Mario, like you know just like a list of of R and B artists, you know Bone Thugs and Harmony. But then you get to eventually Kenneth Baby Face Edmonds, which is funny because you're using his his pseudonym in the middle. You know. Do you know why he got the nickname Babyface? No, tell me. Do you, uh, first of all, let me ask, do you know Babyface? I do. That, that was the answer I was hoping for and expecting. Yes, I do. Um, he has the face of a newborn baby. Now, did he himself tell you this, or was this a friend of Babyface's that told you this? A, 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 a co-worker? This, it, this might have been, because I, I, I'm nothing if not one of the Olympic gold medal lists in name dropping. Um, <laughs> it might have been David Foster. Okay, his longtime sure. music producer, David. Fo- I mean, one successful producer telling you stories about another. You know, that's that's the Rob Lowe story there. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, come for the Parks and Rec trivia. Stay for the Kenneth Babyface Edmonds <laughs> trivia. Parks and Recollection. Put that in an ad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors. No prep. No mess meals. Now, Factors fresh 
never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush. They have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is Mm, 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 good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, moving on with the episode. Andy still pines for April, who's now dating the handsome Eduardo. Okay, Chris, by the way, can I just yes. say, just stop right there? Please, please, please. So in the in the cold, Edward Eduardo's in the cold open, and right. I clearly need to have the pixels adjusted on my monitor because I was watching. Going, wait a minute, I don't think I was in this cold open because in the background I was like, is that me? Because he's got bone structure going for miles, Eduardo. Eduardo's. <laughs> He's kind he's, of bringing it. He's really handsome. Eduardo is in the Venezuelan episode, Sister City, from earlier in, right. actually, in season two, the last mm -hmm. season. And I think, God, what a wild idea to bring him back. I mean, that is, <laughs> I think we were just searching for someone for April to date to make Andy jealous. And uh, we just remembered that actor from Sister City. So we brought him in. But uh, yeah, that is uh, uh, pretty extraordinary. Moving on with the synopsis, Chris suggests Andy tap into the aspects of his personality April was attracted to in the first place, which Andy decides are that he is nice and that he is in a band. This is one of those songs. I remember shooting the scene. I'm, I'm writing on a whiteboard. Yes. I'm writing. I remember this too. And I, and I remember, because this is still early in my, my tenure on the show, where I was, you know, finding the character and we were all finding, you know, certain things work better than others and you know, what well can you go to and how often can you go to it? And frankly, how deep in the well can you go? And, and I can so vividly remember being super enthusiastic about everything Andy said his traits were. I think he said, I'm nice. And I'm like, nice. Yes. And I thought that's really broad. That's like super big. And it worked and people yes. liked it. And it was one of the first times I realized playing Chris that there's truly not ever going to be no, any such thing as too broad, too enthusiastic, or too happy. Physically impossible to do as Chris Traeger. I felt like Chris was really funny in this episode, and kudos to you, Rob, for finding that gear. It, you know, because I, I remember, and, and by the way, like, you know, we had gotten to film a few episodes before this, right? We did the five before, so you had f started finding it. And I remember being on set because I remember you writing that word. So since Mike wrote this episode, he probably wasn't on set the whole time, so I was probably on set for some of it. 
And yeah, I remember you writing that thing down. And I remember also the scenes with you and April are really funny because, you know, it's just a great dynamic, right? Because she's always kind of a depressive character and you're just relentlessly positive. And, and yeah, it just, it just, it just was working. And, you know, the, the Chris and Andy dynamic also always, always great. I mean, speaking of Eduardo, when, when Andy says, Eduardo's like the handsomest guy I've ever seen. And, present company excluded and you know you're like thank you and Andy's like oh I was talking about myself but <laughs> just like it's just so funny and my reaction to that by the way is not and this is a, a like this is a, a, like another key to the character my reaction was not to be taken aback or to be like oh I can't believe you said my reaction was to be like super enthusiastic that he thought he was good looking. Yes, even don't don't be down about that. It's like, oh, even better. I I, I should have thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> I should have thought. Of, yeah, I, 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 excuse me for not assuming that. But this is kind of you know start of a Chris and Andy friendship in some ways. It's very cute and and there's that talking head Ugh. where you know where you're you know you're talking about the toe shoes, the little toe shoes, and then he's in the background pretending to be a monkey, and it became like a popular gif, like became like a like a meme in some ways. I don't know super if you've seen big that. meme of him yeah. running around like an ape. I remember. Pratt, when I saw Pratt run like an ape, it's one of the funniest. He's such a great physical comedian, but him running as an ape is up there with all, he's in so much physical comedy in the show. But for me, him running as an ape deep in focus in that talking head is, is classic. The other thing is, it's funny. It's a lot of Chris Traeger finding the character stuff in this episode, but we've talked earlier about how Tom Cruise was a little bit of a, um, inspiration for chris and then we kind of moved away from it mm -hmm. but in this i'm doing some super serious tom cruise stuff where i yes. go what i go why do i want to help andy because he is a good person and good people like he's i'm like super focused yeah super serious and i'm it's like i'm saying the most in it's super intense and like weirdly um like angsty and, and and that was that was my that was a tom cruise talking head for uh, sure. yeah i and i enjoyed that version of the character you know i know it like it, it sort of drifted away a little bit but I, I always enjoyed that version maybe because i remember kind of being there for the conception of all that but yeah, yeah i mean this is this is full speed full steam ahead into the andy and april love story and mm -hmm. you know it, it might have been again because the episodes were shot out of order it may you may have thought that we knew where that was headed, which is again not to spoil the show. Well, maybe we shouldn't spoil this actually because people might be watching. I don't know. I, anyway, I think we're good either way. We're good either way. So so skip a minute ahead if you have to watch the show for some reason. <laughs> Spoiler but alert: Andy and April get get married almost immediately after this, and the question is like, did you guys know that would happen? And the answer was no because we finished shooting these first six, then we took a, a break before you know in between seasons then we did a writer's retreat and we came up with the idea that they would get married almost immediately um after that so we didn't know they get married three episodes from now and and it's it we just had no idea so kind of fun what is this note that i have here in our notes about a mike sure comedy equation emotion plus tough decision equals comedy do you do you do you, is that a, is that a classic mike mike Shurism? It, it in the notes it says divided by comedy <laughs> which is like i don't know uh equals mm. great episode i i i'm not sure on that one i i maybe that's a greg levine producer greg kind of uh, uh got that in there certainly certainly those are like storytelling hallmarks right it's, it's see i love i love knowing what great writers like you guys and showrunners they everybody has their their sort of rules they're sort of theories and i i can never get enough of that i love knowing what 
people's philosophies are, whether it's drama or comedy or anything else. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly like really, you know, lampposts that kind of guide you through the forest of the story, right? And and there's right. there's Greg Dano's classic, you know, he has four, it's like motivation, stakes, turns, and escalation. I, you know, I might have talked about those at some point. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me also, like a biggest... This is so basic, but like at the beginning of a story, whether it's a show or a movie or whatever, what is that character's want and need? What is that character's want and need? And then does the story put them in literally the most uncomfortable position possible for that character or their worst nightmare? And then they come out the other side and how how have they changed? What is the synthesis of who they were originally plus who they became over the course of the story? And then the end, they become that kind of combined synthesis of those two beings. And like that, that like it, it's, it's easy to just say that, but the, obviously the difficulty is how do you make that an entertaining story and how do you, you know, obviously those are things to look for, but yeah. Emotion plus tough decision divided by comedy. I mean, sure. I mean, tough. and by the way, decisions are just like the biggest part. Like, let's have this main character be active, 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 making choices. Let's not have things happen to them, with exceptions, of course. But, you know, hopefully they're making decisions, making choices, and those choices have consequences. So that's a little, that's a little uh, 30 seconds of, of writing theory. Uh, you want to march through this synopsis a little bit more? Right before that, Leslie tries to get Kelly to leave her office, no avail, until she notices the name Liz Waverly in one of Kelly's Twilight books. Leslie realizes that Kelly wants to put Twilight into the time capsule to impress his 12-year-old daughter and to make up for the fact that he and his ex-wife have divorced. Hearing Aww. the backstory, Leslie decides to include the book, but Ben points out the slippery slope this could create. There's some of your emotion for you. Some empathy for, uh, for old right. Will. For old Will Forte there. I know. And he's the kind of actor who can bring it. Yeah. Super, super good. Super good. And I noticed also watching this episode, it's like, as you said, we're still a little bit early in the world of Ben and Chris, and there's still moments where Ben is like kind of mean. You know, later in the show, he's so nice, but in the beginning, he's mean. So, like, this is a transition. He has a nice moment at the end, and then there's still there's some moments in this one where he's kind of like not an asshole, but he's just kind of strict. He's like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And you, I, I forget that sometimes because you've seen the change in his character over the course of Parks and Rec. But man, season three, early season three, he's still a little bit of a hard ass. You know, yeah, he's, super he's strict dick, with the rules. Yeah. Which, which made me laugh. He yeah. came in as the killer, and then yeah. and then he just became the lover. <laughs> then he just became a guy making calzones and fucking. Oh my you god, calzone, man, it's so good. <laughs> I like the um. This also, I like any um Parks episode that has public forums. Yeah, any public forum was just. I just feel like it must have been so fun for you guys to write the public forums because you literally could have people you've never seen before. Don't need to explain where they are, who they came from, no backstory, not necessary. And they just cu- they just stand up and say wh- whatever the funniest thing you guys could possibly think of. I love that. And we and we had some people come back. Yeah. Like oh, come yeah. back. Like like it was it, it, it literally like it, there's a guy, Chance Frelm, who we named because all he does is chant. Like that was one of the one of the guys. No. I actually got <laughs> hey, here's a text I got from Mike Shore like a week ago. I don't know why he texted me this. Out of the blue, out of the blue, speaking of people in public forums, he wrote, it's it's nighttime, it's like 8 p.m. or something. Mike says, I think it's possible that the greatest Parks and Rec character ever was the woman that said, but isn't all food bad for you? I've eaten lasagna and muffins every day for 40 years and I feel terrible. And then another <laughs> joke, excuse me, there's a sign in Ramsett Park that said, don't drink the sprinkler water. So I made sun tea with it and now I have an infection. And then Mike says her batting average is like 950. <laughs> I, I wrote back, I love that woman. And then he says she might be America's greatest living comic actress. 
<laughs> so it, it's just. It, I, love I, mean, it's Mike, just <laughs> I love that Mike is doing a deep dive Dude, he on just, Parks and Rec at this point. I'm not joking. Later that night, he texted me again. She's also the one who asked for slugs to be removed from her yard in, in the episode about London. And when Leslie says she did it, the woman yells, I didn't want all of them gone. I wanted most of them gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, these are good. I just, it is funny. I mean, look, the guy, the man deserves it. He's made, you know, 400 episodes of television. Yeah. But yeah, that, that character is funny. <laughs> It's very funny. <laughs> very good. Let's let's set up the town hall. Go yeah, for that. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let me go right. through this this yeah. little section here. Andy decides to be nice to Eduardo, and the two bond over their love of the Dave Matthews band. April becomes frustrated because she only dated Eduardo to make Andy jealous and dumps Eduardo. So Dave Matthews making a forget Twilight. We got Dave Matthews in here. We got everything. It's, it's I find it's Dave Matthews very. I would think like, and I love. I listen. I I. Good for I love Dave. Dave Matthews is great. Love Dave Matthews, but I feel like Dave Matthews in the world of Parks and Rec would be a very divisive figure. Oh um, man, <laughs> yes. that writers' room. I mean, looking b- between what's his Harris and his fish obsession. Well, that was no one. No one wanted that. Like <laughs> right. my office was next to Harris Whittles' office for a long time, and uh, I would hear fish every day for years. So well, that's like I, they play that no to thanks. torture people. In <laughs> don't they, I mean? Apologies I think they're place- to all fish fans out there, but yeah. But I think that's a very acquired taste, as is, I think, Dave Matthews for certain people. Yes. I think for me, you know, I was not, well, I grew up listening to punk rock and and and, yes. and uh, it was kind of the opposite, right? The kids who listen to Dave Matthews, uh, it's a different crowd. Not yeah. not to say that I, you know, God bless, but uh, it, in the writer's room, I think it was, uh, Mike was more of a neutral Milk Hotel fan than a Dave Matthews band fan. And that came into play later in the show, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, but Dave Matthews, yeah, there was no one ironically on the show. Speaking of music, this also has one of my favorite references where they're talking about books. Somebody's talking about what books should go in the uh, in the time capsule. And somebody says, it should be my favorite book, Crazy from the Heat, the David Lee Roth story. That's right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I makes I, me laugh. I believe that was a... I, I could be wrong. I believe it might have been a Katie Dipple joke, but it's also funny that the this this citizen brought that book, like not knowing, like just had it with her, and, <laughs> and like because like who knew that would come up? She just she just had it on hand, which is like a lot of. It, at a certain point, the show becomes a cartoon, and it's okay. You know, it's like well, this goes to my joke. favorite thing is I look. We've talked about this before. The more cartoony, the better I like it. Maybe it's because I'm just not as intelligent as other people are, but I love like. Amy, to me, le- there are times when Leslie Nope literally feels to me like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, and and what I think that's one of the secret sauces of the show is it has appeal to uh, you know different types of comedy fans. You know, it's yeah. got some subtler stuff. It's got a nice blend of a little bit of real emotion. It's got some great acting. You know, it's got great actors in it who yep. can do dramatic acting. But it also it it's fast and funny, man. It's really fast and funny, and and I think that's. That's one of the secret ingredients. So to, to introduce this public meeting aspect, uh, to make things right, Leslie decides to hold a public forum so citizens can make suggestions for capsule items. The meeting descends into chaos when the citizens begin to argue over including absurd and random objects that have nothing to do with the town. Leslie tries to compromise by making multiple time capsules, but ultimately decides to stick to one capsule and include nothing in it except a video recording of the meeting itself, saying it represents Pawnee because it shows a lot of people with a lot of opinions arguing passionately for what they believed in. That's very Mike Sure. Uh, it's isn't this like this is like a precursor to the Good Place, Brooklyn, everything. It's like this is it's it's clever and it's also you know 
glorifying in a good way, you know, the process, right? Glorifying people figuring out a solution that, 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 that finds common ground, right? Yeah. And also, uh, we mentioned earlier, Chance Frelm, one of these, uh, he, he's a gentleman with a, a mustache and a beard, and he asked for his cat, uh, his cat Turnip's ashes to be included in the time capsule, and he tries to get the except for Turnip chant going. Um, there's also a, a stealth Marsha Langman appearance who uh, is the head of the Society for Family Stability Foundation, the SFSF. Um, she's in a lot of episodes lately coming up because she's kind of represents kind of the uh, conservative. Was this her first? I don't I don't know if this is her first appearance. I think she might have done one other one, but then she has sort of big appearances in, in episodes later on down the road. Yeah, she's super funny. Oh, I mean, that character is a great character. Um, and we have, uh, okay, so there's a list of items. Donna is at a big board, and the items include Pawnee High Trophy, Yearning, a fragrance by Dennis Feinstein, Mayor Gunderson's Dog Leash, remember, uh, we mentioned Bill Murray earlier, who plays Mayor Gunderson, Blueprint for the Airport, Sweetums Candy, Crazy Ira's Rubber Chicken, um, and there's a note from producer Greg, this might be the first mention of Crazy Ira. He appears in real life in the next episode, but since the episodes were shot out of order, he might have been on the minds of the props department when they made this list. So it's almost like callback. That's a call forward. Wait, 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 wait. The props department was writing? The, the props department. Sometimes, sometimes. Wow. If there's a, a book or a thing that's printed out or a bunch of things written on a whiteboard or a bunch of post-it notes on a wall... Uh, sometimes that got written by the writers. Sometimes it got written by the writer's assistants. Sometimes it gets written by the script coordinator. Sometimes the props department freelances and we have approval over it. So that's kind of fun. I also like this at, at the 17 minute 52nd mark, for those of you who are obsessed with time codes, Andy is playing his guitar and points at Eduardo. And that is Andy's opening credit moment that's i mean i love i love, I love those th those are easter eggs to me like there's yeah. the the face that tom makes and i think you're pointing right is it are you i remember you're wearing a tie it's like yes pointing um, yeah it's pointing and then th there's ben it's like shrugging his shoulders anyway i could go on and on i just like yeah. it but but that's also a thing uh, you know we we changed the open credits at a certain point to make them more exciting and happier. And so this, this Andy moment was probably added because I think he used to be shown on, like with broken legs at some point, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a new, it was a turning of a new leaf for parks and rec. And that was Andy's moment. Um, there's also just a kind of a, a sadder Easter egg. One guy says, uh, when they uncover this time capsule, who knows what's going on? People might be wiped out by disease or the flu. It's almost a dark COVID foreshadowing. Yes. Kind of, kind of horrifying watching that. I'm so tired of people talking about the Simpsons predicting the future. Yeah. What about us? Yeah, we, it was in there. I was like, oh my God, this is dark, man. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. And they also, uh, you know, in that sort of Mike Shore flourish at the end where they put in a, a recording, a video recording of the town hall itself, uh, I noticed that it was, it looked to be a DVD. So I hope they still have DVD players in 40 years. Not a lot of DVDs happening now even. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure what will happen in another 40 years. I was also shocked that we're going to put it in for the future 50 years. Half the people would still be alive. Yeah, it's What's not the that point long. of that. Why well, fifty? Why didn't you do hundred years? I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of this thing. Did you? So did you yourself ever do this? I feel like I did a time capsule thing when I was in third grade or something. Yes. And yeah. and that, what's kind of cool? What's kind of cool about that? In defense of whatever decision we made at the time, I think there's an idea that you uncover it when you yourself are sixty years old or something, and that mm. is kind of interesting. Or you know, if you're thirty, you might you might see, you might get it uncovered when you're eighty. I mean, that's kind of interesting. But see, I I feel like it's so much more interesting to be 
doing a time capsule that you know is going to be opened by the aliens that have come to take over the earth. Yes. Yeah. It's, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, 500 years would be also, yes. also be interesting. <laughs> it's like, it's like, will, will they able, will they be able to read the English on it? It's like, will yes. people look different? <laughs> but, yes. but no, I, I feel you. Or the, the, I, I always like that. This is a total tangent, but I always like, you know, when they sent out, they shot out that stuff into space. And it's like, have the aliens look at it? Like, what is that stuff? Like, that's yes. so crazy. That's just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like, I like, do some research on that. That is actually an interesting thing that they sent out into space. It's like, the golden record is what I guess it's called. And I think it's like Johnny B. Good on it and like the Ed <laughs> Sullivan show or yes, something. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big honor. It's like, hey, this is, we think human beings should see this. I, hey, I wrote a song so good that it was used as a representation of human culture. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's, right. that's, like, that's pretty good. Oh, cool. Like I got nominated for a Grammy once, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, my God. I mean, should we go through this? So just, again, this is good trivia for people. I think it's great. What I don't understand it, but I think it's great. This, this? I'm talking about this. This uh, there was an unused cold open for the episode. There was also an unaired tag. Oh, do you want? Should we do a little Parks yeah, and Recollection role play? Where do you want to play Will Forte or, or Amy Poehler? Here? Oh, I want to play. I want to play Will Forte. Okay, so this is the tag of the episode, and what you know, just to set it up. Okay, people have seen the episode. We know nothing got put into the time capsule except for the video recording of the town hall. Leslie ultimately didn't put Twilight in the time capsule. So now this is this is a series of talking heads back to back. Some by Kelly, played by Will Forte, and some by Leslie, played by Emma Puller, played by me. What Leslie doesn't know is I just read the like Chris Traeger. I can't do that. <laughs> That's not gonna work at all. Well, you do um, your best will. I best will. What Leslie doesn't know is that I secretly snuck over and when she wasn't looking, I put a copy of Twilight into the time capsule. I saw him do it, and I took it out. I noticed that she saw me do it and took it out, but then later I went back and secretly snuck it back in. I saw that too, and I took it out again. She took it out again, but then at the last second, I took that one out too. <laughs> so that's the that was the that used to be the end of the episode, but it's I, like I I guess it was uh, I think we liked the idea of a super stacked talking head where just like it just kept cutting back and forth faster and faster between the two of them. But uh, it never aired. So I think we shot it, though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's pretty so uh, good. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. Uh, missing, missing cold open, missing tag. Um, any final thoughts on this episode, Rob? Uh, really, really strong one. Uh, very funny. Very funny. Um, one of my favorites. I, it's, I, I actually, I remember some of them more than others, as I'm sure same with you. And um, there's a lot in this that I remember and feel like, oh, yeah, it feels like we did that yesterday. And yet... We now know it was 11 years ago. Uh, that's That really blew my mind. I mean, I, I'm glad you mentioned that scene where you're writing on the whiteboard because I feel like this may be a false sense memory. I feel like I was in that room while you were writing Nice and Band, and I just remember being there. Isn't that so weird? It's so weird how memory works because there's some scenes I just don't remember at all, and then some scenes I, re I remember being there. The other thing I'll just point out is I get super self-conscious when I have to write on a chalkboard yeah, or a it's whiteboard. It's your handwriting. They see your handwriting. I get, yes, I get very self-conscious about my handwriting. And yeah, I think I was just remembering like, because again, you had only been on the show for a few episodes at that point. So I think, you know, again, we're still trying to get to know each other and gelling with the cast and all that stuff. But I think the proof's in the pudding, um, you know, this run of episodes, the Harvest Festival arc, 
I think is a lot of people's favorite arc of the entire show. And this is kind of smack dab in the middle of it. So from essentially when you guys show up in master plan, you know, episode, uh, you know, in the late episode, episode two, all the way up to the Harvest Festival episode, which is coming up. Um, yeah, it's just great. It's, it's, it's really fun. This is vintage and all series have that all series have, you know, that run where they're just firing on all cylinders. And then eventually maybe you run out of, story or a cast member leaves and it's never quite the same, but whatever, whatever it is, but every series has their, their, their run where it's just happening and we're right in the middle of it with these episodes. Absolutely. Um, who do you think is our episode MVP? Most valuable Pawnian. Most valuable Pawnian. I'm going to give it up to Forte as, as Kelly, yeah. um, you know, yeah. fun to have him in the show. Yeah. I, I, I've just been so happy for Will, everything he's gotten to do before and since this episode, you know, whether you talk about Nebraska, you know, he did an Alexander Payne movie with Bruce yeah. Dern, you know, he did his show last man on earth. He just, a guy from what I understand it, you know, kind of he started on SNL as a, as a writer and 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 you know became a really versatile actor and a really unique performer and 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 a, and a, still an amazing writer and creator. So I'm happy to have him on the show, and it's it's fun that he's in the universe. Yeah, I I uh, I concur. He, he's in he's in the Hall of Fame unanimously. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of continuity errors and some mistranslations and stuff in this episode, but honestly, the real oops movement movement move <laughs> yeah but the real oops moment we're going to get to is in today's town howl mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Should we take a trip to the town howl? Ooh, it's a howl today. I it's like when they're howls. It's a howl. You when know, I love it. a town howl. Where Sh- should, where we, should do we do it? it? Um, uh, I think we we do it inside the hole they bury the time capsule in. <laughs> well, I was going to say we do it in the actual time capsule. Oh, let's do it in the capsule. Can we put an echo effect on this to make it sound like we're in a metal c- cylinder? I love it. Schulte says yes. The wide echo effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Andy Smith. And I was wondering, in episode three and season three, they mentioned that Jerry's full name is Gerald, but later in the series, we hear that Jerry's name is Gary. I'm just wondering um, if that was just a mistake or if there's a way that they explain that. Thanks so much. Love the show, guys. (laughs) 
Thank you, Annie Smith, for uh, love. Annie Smith rhymes with Granny Smith, the apple. Uh, thank you, Annie Smith. <laughs> that, wait, uh, that is literally a Chris Traeger line. Hey, there it goes. Hey, I love this. Easy Ooh. way to remember your name, Granny Smith. Just like the apple. I love Granny Smith. Healthy and delicious. Anyway, Annie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, really good question. And uh, I have two answers for you. One is... Uh, Oops, you caught us. I think we did not plan this. And I think I think this was just, uh, we thought it'd be funny that his name was Gerald. But the second more fun answer is, in my head canon, uh, Jerry's mother uh, also made fun of him and called him Jerry. And then called him Gerald at some point. But yeah, I think this was purely just a mistake because uh, the Gary joke comes later and later and later. So, so I think we had just either chosen to forget about this or, or forgotten about it. And uh, it was lost to the sands of time. But yeah, thank you for the question. Thanks for the howl. Yeah, Andy Smith. So yeah, hope you're enjoying your rewatch. Um, we've been enjoying watching it with you. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe where you get podcasts. Five-star review at Apple, please. Thanks to producer Greg, producer Schulte. Um, goodbye from Pawnee. Goodbye from Pawnee. We will see you next week. Another great episode coming up. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.